It is six minutes after eight o'clock here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. I'm WSAU News Director Mike Leishner joined in studio today as promised by Alan Halgum. He's quickly writing something down on his notepad right now for uh, today's edition of Making Financial Sense. You've got the the secret right there that you just wrote down, the secret to success in all of this. I like to call it the answer key, Mike. Really what it is, is it's a... you know, you get everything uh, in the right place, and then just life is better after that. It, it's it's the key. You know, it's what we do every day. It's the team. I'm like, uh, I, I, I want to share it with the world. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it just you call me crazy. And, yeah, and, and that's exactly what we're here for today on Making Financial Sense. Uh, Merle Kelch uh, hung up with the fall ride up in Tomahawk today, so we wish him the best, and hopefully uh, everybody behaves himself uh, up there for uh for that event but uh alan i guess uh, it's been a few weeks since we chatted so what's new in the world of estate planning you know i i think uh sometimes you know in estate planning there's a lot of uh you know what's old is new again and and some of the themes come back and a little bit of this kind of derives from what uh you know we, we've talked somewhat in the past you know sometimes people think about well what is the most exotic thing the that no one's heard of or how can i do it and part of it is just, it's like blocking and tackling. It's just getting it done, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that you have the the basics. And when we talk about some of the basic documents, you know, we can talk about, and we have talked about a lot in the past. I'm sure we'll do it again on the show, whether it's today or beyond. Of You know, what's the difference between a will and a trust? You know, we still have, and we'll have people call in. They haven't listened to the show in the past. And, and they say that they just want to avoid probate. You know, all those kind of basics. Sometimes we even think about before then, you know, people will, will discuss, what to do for estate planning. And every once in a while, people will just feel bad about it. They'll come in and they'll be, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit down, kind of look it down at the floor and think, well, now I'm planning what happens when I die. <laughs> and you say, well, wait a minute. There's a whole lot more than that. You know, there, there's so many other areas to this. And, and I think, you know, a lot of it is just what do you want to cover? What are your goals? And, and yes, we want to make sure that everything happens someday when we transfer things to to people we care about or causes we care about, uh, you know, the next generation. Can we save some money? Can we save tax? Can we protect assets? All those topics come up. You know, the one thing that probably doesn't come up as much initially that becomes very important later is what happens while you're still living, but you're not healthy enough to handle things yourself. So if people say, well, what are you talking about? You know, I'm completely fine. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wonderfully healthy, and I'm assuming I always will be, and then one day something will just suddenly happen to me. Well, what happens is, you know, sometimes we find people, uh, as they get older, their health declines. And, or, you know, obviously there are certain times where it, there's a sudden health issue. Uh, and people need someone else to help. You know, they need someone else to handle it. You know, you can imagine that whether it's sudden or whether it's gradual over 15 or 20 years, you know, at some point, if, if, if a person just isn't healthy enough to handle the, the day-to-day decisions and, and tasks, you know, sometimes... There are folks where you say they are just tired. You know, we'll have clients. They just, you know, they turn 93 and just aren't. Um, they say, you know, I just don't want to go to the bank. I just don't want to deal with the stack of bills and the checkbook and balancing it and figuring out how much is in and how much is out. And who does that? And and you say, well, what did you plan for? You know, what did you do ahead <laughs> yeah. of time? You know, a, a great way to do it, a great tool for this. You know, there, there are different differences a little bit between who makes decisions for, for medical decisions versus financial. You know, the medical one, I would say, in Wisconsin is easier. Uh, Wisconsin has a document. So 
so you can name a person who can make any finan- any medical decision, any healthcare decision. It's called a power of attorney for healthcare. Wisconsin has had one. I, I think the last time they made a substantive change to that document is 31 years ago. Oh, geez. I think it was May of 02. Okay. Uh, since then, I, I don't quote me, but I think they've changed about four words in the entire document. It looks the same if you've done one. You know, you just name a person who can make any medical decision. So if you say, well, what does that mean? You know, it's if, uh, if I'm healthy, I'm healthy. If I'm not, you know, just uh, turn it off. We say, well, that's a lot of shades of gray in the middle there. Mm-hmm. You know, what type of medical care would you want? Who can sign for it? You know, what's what's legitimate? You know, what are extraordinary measures that I would want? You know, there are certain things where, uh, you know, Mike, later today, if I, uh, you know, went in for back surgery, I'd say, uh, you know, don't pull the plug. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping to come back from that. Other times people say, well, wait a minute. If I have a, a health issue where I'm not going to recover, then, you know, don't don't keep me hooked up to machines if there's no chance of recovery, just for just for the sake of it. Um, there's a few questions on that power of attorney for health care, but for the most part, it's pretty straightforward. It says, you know, do you want people to make general medical decisions for you? Yes. Um, if you ever needed a, a long-term care decision about perhaps a nursing home admission, do you want that person to make the decision about that, or do you want it to go to a judge? You go, no, 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 I want the person I named. Mm-hmm. If there's a feeding tube decision, do you want your, your agent, the person you named, to make that decision, or should it go to a judge? You go, no, 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 I want that person. But, but for the most part, you say, you know, it's, it's a, uh, you, know, you name the person, and then let them know your general parameters, and, and they, they make a decision for you. So great. Healthcare, very easy. There's a state form. Make sure you get it filled out, filled out correctly. In my opinion, you would check yes to those questions about who makes decisions for you. That's great. Uh, the state also has a form for making financial decisions, a, hmm. a durable power of attorney for finances. And in my uh, uh, professional opinion, I think it's terrible. You know, it, it's, and you say, wait a minute, <laughs> the, the healthcare one's great. Was it a different committee doing it? I don't know, probably. So, and, and really what the, uh, and this is one where we run into it in our office. We, you know, we had some, some questions about that in, as, as recently as the beginning of this week, where some folks filled out the state form. They just said, well, there's a state form. The state's pretty good. You know, they must know what they're doing. And they fill out the state form, and, and they really got into a bind. And this is not uncommon. You know, what the state form does is it just, it basically says, who do you want to handle things if you, you know, if you need the checkbook decisions made? And you say, all right, pretty straightforward. You, you know, you can do that in a few different ways. But, but there are a lot more decisions. You know, if you said, well, what if, if you had a health issue and your health declined? And it wasn't the case where you were going to recover. You know, it was just declining health over a long period of time, you know, which is probably, frankly, more common. Mm-hmm. And and what do you do? Well, how can you what, make medic or financial decisions? How can you move assets around? Do you need to move assets around? Can can you have someone uh, kind of perform the tasks that you would want to effectuate your plan? If you said, this was my plan, I want... I, I don't know, Mike, think about it. If the people that you're going to include. Now, we've talked about, you've been open about your estate mm-hmm. plan on the air. But but for anyone out there, you know, if you're going to give money to people that you care about or causes that you, you want to support, uh, do you want them to get more money uh, and maybe pay less tax and less fees and less to the government? Or would you, the people that you name, would you rather they pay uh, you know, more to the government and less to the beneficiaries, less to the people you care about, less to the organizations. And, and you know, people think, well, is this a trick question? What are you talking about? <laughs> right. But but that's exactly what happens. I You know, I can't remember 
anyone coming into my office and saying, let's make the U.S. Treasury one of the beneficiaries. <laughs> let's just do that. You know, I nah. know I know, I owe them $5,000, but let's give them 20 Say <laughs> Nobody says that. So, But that's exactly what's happening when these powers of attorney don't, don't really allow the agent to to fulfill your, sure. your stated wishes, and, and the guy get, they get hamstrung, and we can kind of talk about you know what is that, how do you deal with it, how do you fix it, and uh, you know what's a better path forward. Seven one five eight four five two one five five is the number to call. Good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Alan Halgum. Who are we talking to? Kate. Good morning, Kate. How are you? Good. And what's your question? In the state of Wisconsin, can, when I purchase a car, or even when I have it later, can I put a POD on it to help reduce my assets to avoid probate? It's a good question, Kate. You know, in, there, there are a few different ways to do that, uh, and I'm not sure they're as easy um the, the DMV really doesn't have a mechanism that, that we like, I guess, for naming a POD. And, and for anyone out there in Radioland, a POD is what's called a payable on death designation. So a payable on death designation is, is common if you have a, a, a checking account or a savings account or just some bank account. You know, money is money. It's, it's, it's all just a dollar amount. And it just says, here's my checking account. I'm the only person who can use it. But if I pass away, I want my checking account you know, the Alan Haugam checking account to get paid to my wife, Tracy. Um, or maybe you say, well, what if we have a joint account? You know, I can have a joint checking account. And when we pass away, it's POD to our children. You know, we have two kids. We want it to be POD to them or to whomever you want. Say pretty straightforward. Uh, if you have other things, you know, think of the finances uh, area. You know, if you have uh, some stock, you say, well, I have some, uh, some stock in, you know, my favorite company. And I kind of want them to keep it. And there's some tax advantages to hanging on to it until I pass away. But when I pass away, I want that to be a TOD, uh, which is a transfer on death designation. So POD is money. Transfer on death, you think of things like stocks. Then they would actually get the shares of stock. They don't get paid. It's not a check. They get the shares of uh, you know Amazon.com or whatever it is that you thought was a, a, a real winner. Now, Kate, there, there are different things you can do. There's actually a method to do this for real estate which we find sometimes is problematic. It kind of causes uh, people some difficulty. So we, we tend to avoid it for real estate. But for vehicles, you know, the DMV doesn't have a, a similar um, uh, just kind of method of doing that. Or it's not nearly as clean. So what some people do is they will say, well, then what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to name someone as a co-owner uh, so they can do that. Uh, there's a, the other method, and it's, you know, well, I don't know if I want that. You know, number one, either you put them on there initially. So if you put, say, hey, I wanted this to transfer. Kate says, I want to transfer my car to my daughter. Say, great. You can put uh, her name on it. But you say, well, what does that mean? Now, now is that, does she really own it? Like, yeah, she does. It's, it's essentially a gift of half of the, the value of the vehicle during your lifetime. So not perfect there. Uh, if for some reason, Kate, when you pass away, that your assets, the ones that didn't have PODs or TODs uh, attached to them, if your assets uh, outside of those categories are less than $50,000, there's a method where you can do it through the courthouse. It's called a transfer by affidavit. So it's, it's strictly less than 50000 And if everything you have in the whole world that needs to be transferred on that transfer by affidavit, if everything adds up to 
to $50,001. Believe it or not, they say you can't use it. It is a strict limit. So uh, depending on the value of the car, plus, you know, all the other stuff that you have that's kind of free-floating out there without these PODs on it, um, if you say, well, no, it doesn't really fit that, plus there's still still things you would have to do, uh, you know, then it's you start thinking about could I draft just something like a very, very simple trust to avoid the probate side? Um, but really, those are your those are your main methods. There isn't a, a great way to do it. You know, and we have had people sometimes later in life. Um, you know, I had a, a sweet lady who said that she was uh, she had a 12 year old. She bought cars every 10 years and she had a 12 year old Corolla, uh, mm-hmm. Toyota Corolla, 12 years old. She had plenty, uh, plenty of finances to purchase a new car. But I said, well, why don't you buy a new car? She's on 88. <laughs> said, I you know, it's a, I didn't think I would, I never thought I would live this long. And she was wonderful. She was healthy. She was happy. She was a delight to, to see her every time. But, uh, you know, different people have thoughts on that. So what you could, you know, we've had people then later in life um, when they're driving less or they say, this is the last car I'll ever have. Then they actually change the, the title at the DMV. So they don't, they don't put the, the child's name on initially, but they do it later. Um, if you do that, the DMV is going to, you know, you have to pay them $164.50 mm-hmm. to change the title. So it's a couple dollars. It's not free. It's not the end of the world, but it's there's a couple different ways to do it, Kate. But unfortunately, other than that, there's really not a great way to do that in Wisconsin. Okay. And other question. Um, I have an I-bond that I want to uh, transfer the ownership to someone else. Uh, going online, it said I'm going to have to fill out the form and then get a medallion signature. Where do I get a medallion signature? So, Kate, what a medallion signature is, is it's it's kind of like a, a financial, you know, insurance agent seal, you know. And it's not with a, an insurance agent like you think. But what it is, is uh, generally it's the financial institutions who have those. So uh, your bank will likely have a medallion signature. Uh, a, a guarantee, and what it is is essentially the bank then needs to verify your uh, your identity and things like that, so that uh, someone who has been uh, approved by that that system can can do it. And the bank will have a limit, so the bank might say, "Well, our medallion only goes up to hundred thousand dollars. We're only insured to that, or our medallion might go up to two hundred fifty thousand, or five hundred thousand, or a million, or whatever the number is." Um, you know, with an I bond, a lot of times people buy those in ten thousand dollar increments. You, you know, the, the, your bank should have a medallion signature guarantee for that limit. Um, if you try to go into any other bank, oftentimes they won't do it if you're not a customer. So it could be a bank. It could be your financial advisor. You know, maybe take it at the financial advisor. Uh, so there's different methods to do that. Uh, some banks charge you to do it. They might say, hey, it's a $5 charge. Uh, others will say, no, that's just a, um, it, it's free. You know, it's free for, for uh, uh, our account holders. But I would say that's where you would go for that. Okay, thanks for the info. Thanks, Kate. Have a great morning. All right. Yep, thanks for the call. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Alan, and uh, you can get your uh, nice free advice. Free advice, Mike. What is going on this morning? Again, I I, I told you. everywhere else in the world. I I told you, you got to take this up with Merle. You know, he's the one who says that your advice is free today. Makes these commitments. I can't believe it. (laughs) All right. Maybe just for this morning. Just for this morning. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We'll be back with more after this. Line at WSAU.com as well. Alan Halgum joining us for Making Financial Sense this morning. Uh, Alan, of course, the estate planning attorney. We've already gotten... Some good free advice here. 
in, in the first segment. But, you know, in that first segment, before we before we got the phone call, you were talking a lot about forms and contracts mm-hmm. right. and things like that. Obviously, that's that's what you do. I mean, I, you should see this guy's face light up when you when you put a draft of a contract in front oh, of him. Let me my. tell you what it is. It's a sight to behold. Now you're talking. Uh, so first off, uh, my first question, uh, tongue in cheek, by the way, is uh, what's your take on the Pac-12 situation right now? You know, I think it's a series of missteps, Mike. Uh, <laughs> that if people say, "Oh, oh, they 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 bemoan the loss of the Pac-12," I think it's horrible. I I, I wish we would have like our Big Five conferences and a regional and right. you know the Big Ten was Midwest and the SEC was obviously Southeastern, Southeast, yep. and you know had kind of the Texas to you know, the Oklahoma, that region, um, and the Pac-12, that's what I want. I think it's nuts that we're going to have, you know, teams that can, can, you know, just about throw a rock in the Pacific Ocean are going to be in the Atlantic Coast Conference. (laughs) Makes no sense to me. You know, the Big Ten is going to have teams from New Jersey to Los Angeles. I mean, like, come on. So I don't like it. But if you go back and have, there's a series of missteps, and and it's not one thing. It was just just a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. And, hey, I think, Sometimes and think about this. This is completely off the topic, but but when you talk about where you work, you know the the places that you're at, you know there is a leadership component to it. You know mm-hmm. the 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 atmosphere comes from top down. You know whoever the leadership team is, sometimes the owner. You know we we think about you know the the sports teams. Hey, why are the Packers more successful over a long period of time? Well, it's because you know you don't have the uh, uh, the owner taking money out. They're not angling for the next big score. There's a, you know, there's a long-term future, you know, that looking at my 20 year ownership and then I'm going to be too old and I have to sell it. There's a, there's a hundred year look at, you know, mm-hmm. and, and different things. And I, and I think the, the PAC 12, PAC 10, PAC 8, PAC 12, PAC 10, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> PAC 2 um, now. PAC 2. It's a, uh, yeah, I think there was a series of, of not perfect decisions that kind of cascaded down and led them to uh, bad decisions. Now, again, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, the, you know, the PAC 12 lost eight of its members in a matter of a month and a half. Uh, so that it is now down to Washington state and Oregon state. Yesterday, there was a decision by a judge in Oregon uh, that said that the Leaving members of the Pac-12, so the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, everybody else who's leaving UCLA, USC, cannot have a say in the future of the conference. So Pac-12 meetings now are down to representatives from Washington State and Oregon State. Not, I haven't now, read the document, but but apparently that, okay. that's what the uh, the reporting says that yes. that anyone who has declared their publicly their intention to leave does not have a vote in decisions over X number of dollars, which this is. And suddenly you have two yes. members. So, so my 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 reading this yesterday was like, wait a minute, we needed a judge to tell us this. You know, it seems silly to somebody like me that says, okay, once you are out and they are all out after this year, you really don't have a say in future decisions. But there is, you know, a certain way that these things have to get done, right? You have to go in a legal manner. So that may have been part of it is actually going to the judge and having the judge officially say, Yes, this is it. Even though everybody in the room knows it and is thinking it, and a shock to to everyone listening, it's about money. You know, <laughs> so they they have a fund. You know, they have a reserve fund, and they have tens of millions of dollars allegedly sure. in it. And uh, the people leaving say, "Well, we're all leaving. We'd like a piece of that." And the people staying say, "We think there's still a conference. We're going to call it the Pack Two. We're going to play each other nine times a year, and uh, we're going to split 
you know, $67 million or whatever the number is. Sure. I think there's a, a, a bit of a corollary to your own personal estate planning. Mm-hmm. And, and I really think for all those non-college football fans out there who tuned in and said, what is this? I thought the Badger <laughs> stuff started at 11 today. Yeah, but right. It's a, uh, you know, it really what it is, is they, the planning ahead of time. They had some unforeseen circumstances. And, and this gets back to that, you know, really to, to that power of attorney we talked about. You know, if someone says, what if, what happens if I pass away? I get it. You know, if I pass away, a lot of people think about estate planning is, well, I'm going to divide it up. The whole pie is 100%. And we're going to give, you know, to the kids a third, a third, a third. Or say, no, 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 we're going to give 10% to charity. And then the kids get a third, you know, 30, 30, 30. Or we're going to give, no, 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 we're going to give, you know, 25% to this kid, 25% to that kid, 25% to the grandkids and 25% to charity. Or whatever your plan is, um, you can divide it up. Maybe you're going to give the cottage to the kid who loves the cottage and the people who don't love the cottage get money. But what happens if you're living and and you just can't handle those things yourself? You're just physically not able to do it. You know, you're just tired. Or, or just sometimes there's a mental health issue with, you know, just declining capabilities. What happens then? And, you know, in our office, you know, Laura in our office has, you know, talked about this, that she'll run into people that just didn't contemplate that. They just didn't think about it. And now the long-term care side comes in and the state says, well, we're going to put uh, a lien on your home. And they say, well, wait a minute. The family says, no, no, no. Uh, You know, mom and dad said that the house goes to this kid and the cottage goes to that kid and the hunting land goes to that kid and the farmland goes to this kid and the money goes there. Um, And they always said that they were going to plan for it. They always said they're going to get around to it and get around to it and get around Mm -hmm. to it. But dad just wasn't super comfortable going to lawyers, you know, lawyers. I mean, come on, you know, they're, they're, they're big, grumpy, ogre-like people, and they're just tough to deal with. So we never got around to it. And now the kids are stuck. They, or, or the power of attorney, they said, we, we printed that thing off of the state forms, or we got the, you know, the, I don't know what it is in the bookstore version. And, and now we want to make these decisions. And Laura in our, in our office says, well, we'll hold this document up and says, it doesn't say that in here. And they say, well, it's a form. It's a state form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the state form doesn't allow you to protect your assets. In, a, in, in fact, it says that you can't protect your assets. You say, well, wait a minute. How had we gotten around this? <laughs> okay, well, I think the, the answer is if you need the health care documents, you can get that one through the state or the hospital or the clinic as long as it's filled out correctly and you check yes on all those questions. For the financial one, I, I think, you know, get get the help of a professional. Get the help of someone who has dealt with it before, who has talked to a family who didn't do it, and, and you just ex- explain, you know, here's the consequence. How can you avoid it? How can you help them? Um, and, and it's not super complicated. It's not all that involved. It just has to be worded correctly ahead of time. And go figure that, uh, for those of you that know us, Alan and I, Find a way to make uh, sports talk come back to this. It all comes back and to be estate relevant planning, because right? that's no exactly what. where I was going with this. If you don't have these forms filled out correctly, mm-hmm. you're going to create a lot of headaches that you wouldn't that you were trying to avoid. You were well intended. You were trying to avoid these headaches, but by not having these forms filled out correctly, you you created even more problems. And and it is, you know, Mike. It isn't the death of the big or the Pac-12 right now. They're playing Pac-12 games <laughs> this year, but it is the Pac-12 is is slowly, exactly. slowly becoming diminished. Uh, and they didn't plan for it. They certainly didn't plan for it in a way that that they thought they did. And in families, I would say are similar. That it's it's a difficult topic. Sometimes what you do is it's just peace of mind. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Get it done well. 
and then you've got all those bases covered for when it's needed, and uh, everybody just feels a whole lot less anxiety about it. I got a, I've got a big theory on what actually killed the Pac-12. We're gonna give, I'm gonna give that to you off the air though, because uh, <laughs> probably again, appropriate. We, we, we went, uh, we went uh, a little off topic. We got back on topic, but again, that's how this works here, uh, because our chat is just a filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. We'll have time for a few more of those coming up next, but first, a look at your news here on WSAU. It is 8.38 on this Saturday morning here on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. We have open phone lines for you if you have estate planning questions for our resident attorney uh, who comes in whenever he feels like it. And by that, I mean whenever uh, Merle Kelch doesn't feel there like coming in. Whenever I feel like it, I'd, I'd be here six, seven times a week, Mike, if that well, was the case. I love well, it here. we can maybe arrange that, but we'll, again, we'll have to talk about right, that we'll off the air. We'll talk to management on that one. Yeah, we'll have to talk to management on that. If you've got questions for Alan, feel free to give us a call at 715-845-2155. We've done a lot of talking about uh, documents and and agreements today, uh, and, and I'm, I'm always kind of wondered what is the most uh the most lawyer the most latin thing that you can put in a document is it that writ of habeas <laughs> I, I i don't the writ of habeas corpus there like, it is yeah there it is i don't know i think that's if uh that's if you're in prison and you want to know why oh, so we're okay. not going to put that in any okay. of our plans okay we certainly hope not okay but uh there's uh some a fortiori we could get into okay. or i mean there's there's all kinds of things there's a the, you know, the party, the first part, the party, the second part, you will not see that in anything we draft. We draft documents you can read. Wow. You know, sometimes I, I would say uh, every once in a while, if someone says, okay, there's, there's X number of pages and whatever it is, okay. couldn't we have done it in half of this? And I say, yeah, you know, we could have. Um, so a lot of the documents you could do it in, you could cut pages out. The, the fewer pages you have, frankly, the more difficult it is to read. Okay. Uh, so sometimes we will draft it in a way that people say, yeah. I get it. I can read that and I understand it. It's in English. It's in English that people actually speak and not okay. Latin that, you know, is a dead language from centuries ago. Um, but but that's the method to it. It's, it's just so people can understand it. You know, this stuff shouldn't be so exotic that uh, that, you know, like like some lawyer holds the golden key and you need to come and, and, and you know, just ask for it. it it's something that's solving us a, a, a a, a task you know there's a not a problem but there's a solution that you're looking for you know when we go through you know a lot of it is it's it's who do you want to handle things you know who do you want to handle things what do you want them to do when do you want them to do it and and what result do you want to get and you know when we talk about the powers of attorney it's it's just naming someone you know if something happens that i am ever not healthy enough to sign uh legal documents or sign financial documents but we have a couple of dollars in the 401k plan, or I have the bank accounts, or we need to pay the mortgage. Well, yes, I want my wife, Tracy, to be able to handle it. If she's ever not able to do it, you know, if something happens to both of us or after something happens that both of our health are declining, you know, well, then is it our, our oldest? Is it our daughter? You say, well, she's 19. <laughs> so not okay. today. Let's just go with not today. But but someday it will be, you know, mm-hmm. I think. Uh that, uh, you know, she's great. She's super responsible. She's intelligent. She's um, uh, certainly appears to be trustworthy. And uh, for a 19-year-old, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think she's going to be great, but, but maybe not 19. Sure. So how do you figure that out? You know, one of the things that we do, we talk about, you know, what what tasks do those people have to perform? 
And believe it or not, sometimes you'll say, well, no, my, my kids aren't 19, they're 30, and of course they're going to be the ones who do it. This one uh, child over here, very compassionate, but, but can make a decision. So uh, she's going to make the, the medical decisions. And then our other daughter's super with numbers, or she's just maybe not even, you know, you don't have to be a, a professional. You don't have to be a CPA or an engineer to be a power of attorney agent. I always say you just need someone who gets their bills paid on time every okay. month. So if something happened that I was incapacitated and I wanted the, the financial tasks to be done, do you have a kid or do you have a sibling or do you have a niece or a nephew or someone you trust who gets their bills paid on time every month? And you go, oh, yeah, that's Johanna. She does that. Okay, well, then we're going to name her. And, and every once in a while, you'll do that. And the kid or the person that you named gets a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, there's a couple questions about what do I have to do? You know, what, what, what tasks will I have to perform? When do I have to do it? What's the criteria? You know, do I have any rules? Uh, and so we're, we're, as a law firm, you know, we're, we're kind of educating them. So now we have, we actually have workshops just for the people you name to be your personal representative. We used to call an executor to be, who's going to be your successor trustee, your agent under a power of attorney, your agent under a, for making healthcare decisions. You know, who is that? And we invite them in and say, you know what? We're just going to bring them in. We're going to bring them in, you know, have something to drink, a few cookies and, uh, uh, you know, and just sit down and say, here's when that's going to happen. And here's what you have to do. And really, if you just have, like I said, someone who gets their bills paid on time every month, someone who's just kind of reasonable, it, it reduces the anxiety. And, and the family member says, oh, I could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes then the parent or the person who's, who's naming you says, well, you know what? I guess when I think about it, I probably should let you know, you know, what do we want to do? <laughs> right. And, and do we want to name the U.S. Treasury as a beneficiary? Or if something happens that, that you know, my health declines and you have to do some of those things that I never quite got around to finishing, you know, what tasks can you do? And, and maybe try to pay less tax. Try to pay less tax and get the money to the beneficiaries. Okay. Or can you protect it? You know, it's one of those things. We talk about a lot of the long-term care solutions. Um, you know, the, it, it's not shocking that the state statutes are set up that the maximum amount of your dollars uh, will leave. And you say, well, wait a minute. Is that mandatory? You say, no, you could have planned for it. You could have protected it. But what if we didn't protect it? What if we just didn't do anything? I think even if someone didn't protect it, if you have a good power of attorney and someone um, needs long-term care or assisted living or nursing home care imminently, or, or they're already in. You know, what if someone's already in the nursing home now and they have assets and they never did plan? Well, there's still things you can do. You know, if you have a power of attorney, it's a whole lot easier. But there's still things you can do to protect it even after the fact. I, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to just, you know, put like a little calculator on our website. Sure. And just say, if you can put in, you know, the assets that uh, mom has, uh, mom's income, the cost of mom's care, uh, and, and we'll tell you how much we can protect. And I think it's going to be shocking. You know, mm-hmm. we're directing the, right now people can just call our office and we'll do the calculation for you for free. You know, probably takes, you know, a, a, a day and we'll send it back to you. I think we're going to put it on our website and just say, yeah, just type it in and, and it'll tell you instantaneously. Mm-hmm. And, but a lot of that is, you know, who can handle those things afterward? Who's the power of attorney agent? D- those fiduciaries, you know, do we need to educate them? Do we need to help them? Or if not, do we need to just give them a phone number? You know, find your your estate planning attorney, your asset protection elder law attorney, and just make sure that they'll call. You know, I think that's uh they'll be fine. But 
but it's a, it really is an important part of the entire estate plan. It's not just when you pass away. It's, you know, what if you're living and you're incapacitated? And again, it, it, I'm bringing it back to, to what I brought up with you last segment. If you don't have these things done properly, you might be well-intentioned, but at the end, at uh, you know, when it's time to actually put these plans in motion, you could end up creating uh, more headaches than you had intended to, correct? Absolutely, yeah. It's the type of thing where uh, not only creating more headaches, sometimes you, you really do cut yourself off from solutions. You know, you say, well, you could have done this if you had done one thing ahead of time. It would have taken 45 minutes, and uh, and if you did it correctly. Well, I just grabbed a form, and it took me uh, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that you know, that, that might be the difference between truly hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of money leaving the family or staying in the family, or whether you can keep the house or the hunting land or the cottage or the 401k plan or not. Um, you know, and it, I'll give you an example, um, true story, where we have, oh, this is probably a couple of months old now, um, and I don't think we talked about this on the air, mm-hmm. but we just had, uh, uh, it, it, was, it was similar to something we did a number of years ago, but it was a different type of asset. We had someone who had uh, the vast majority of their family's assets were in a 401k plan. Uh, it was in a 401k plan that dad had. It was a, I think it was a $500,000 four. I mean, it was a norm, a very, very large one. Sure. Not... Not many 401k plans get the $500,000, but I think he had, he had been just diligently putting money in it and, and all of a sudden needed long-term care. And uh, the, the facility said, that's ours. Well, or, you know, kind of, it will be ours. Not, not all at once, but, but it's just going to be there. It's in his name. And, mm-hmm. and his wife was a, a stay-at-home mom and just didn't have um, the assets to pay the bills. And we said, well, wait a minute. We planned for this. The documents you drafted allowed us to, to transfer that money to mom without, without a taxable event. There's no tax paid. And, and we had some people say, that's not possible. I said, <laughs> mom planned for this. It wasn't, it wasn't extensive planning. It wasn't extensive or expensive either way. But, but she just did, you know, a little bit. Um, now, what if it wasn't a $500,000 401k plan? What if it was a 100000 or a 50000 Well, then it's, it's all of it. You know, whatever that number is for that family, you know, if you do just a little bit ahead of time, you can save yourself an enormous amount of money, truly a life savings later. Um, if you didn't do any planning ahead of time, there's things you can do. You know, like I said, we're going to get that calculator on the website someday. You know, until then, we'll, we'll, we'll just do it over the phone or, or mm-hmm. by hand. But it is one where it's never too late to do something. Um, but, but the more you do ahead of time, boy, it, it just pays off. He's Alan Halgum. We're making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. If you have a question, go ahead and give us a call at 715-845-2155. We'll be happy to connect you to get some of that great uh, free advice, free for today anyway, uh, from Alan. But first, here's Chris Conley with this day. Uh, Wisconsin against Georgia Southern kickoff at 11 a.m. Those great 11 a.m. kickoffs in the Big Ten Conference. It's uh, the Bloody Marys are still allowed at for 11 a.m. kickoffs. I think. Mike, I, right? I I don't know why not. Okay, just, I don't just see why not. Check in there. Yeah, not that we advocate that. Obviously, no. don't drive or anything like that. But you know. It's, uh, it's football. Again, he's Alan Halgum. We're making financial sense here on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. As always, our chat is just filler for your phone calls at 715-845-2155. Again, uh, when I was living in Minnesota, 
Uh, oh boy, yeah, oh, those were dark days. On the other side of the border, yeah, Me too. I, had a, I, I was sentenced to. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was. Uh, I allowed. Yeah, a little Minnesota for education. Purposes yeah, only. you were there for educational purposes. Back, yeah. I was there for educational purposes, and because I actually ended up liking the place <laughs> for some reason, uh, for a couple of years anyway. Uh, Minnesota's uh, legislature actually tried to pass a measure that said that the Golden Gophers were exempt from an 11 a.m. kickoff for a Big Ten conference game. Alan, again, as an attorney who has not read any of the uh, of the documents and who is just learning about this, one-word answer, yes or no, is that enforceable? Boy, I would say no. I, I would, I, I'm going to go with no. I don't think anything... No, I am wearing my Badger you shirt. You are, yes. And, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm, you know, red and black. Uh, right. You know, it's, it's 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 Badger Saturday. So, right. Uh, so I actually uh, I graduated from Madison, Mike. So I, my mm-hmm. undergrad degree is from uh, UW. I, uh, law school was at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And people said, "So you're a Gopher fan?" I can say wholeheartedly, "No, <laughs> I am not a Gopher fan." <laughs> the uh, there were some educational opportunities there that sure. I took advantage of. Um, I even. By happenstance, ran into our governor, Tommy Thompson, back in the day and uh, had to explain to him. It's a long story. Maybe the next time we're on the air, we mm-hmm. can go through it. And I had to explain to him uh, the Badger loyalty runs deep. The blood is still Badger red. Sure. And, uh, yeah, the Golden Gophers, I don't even, I, I'm not even sure they should, yeah, they, maybe they should just disband that. Well, uh, yeah, we've we've got uh, we got theories on that. <laughs> 715-845-2155 is the number to call. Good morning. You're making financial sense. Uh, who are we talking to this morning? Hi, this is Lori. Good morning, Lori. How are you today? Pretty good. You guys are doing just what I'm doing today, just mailing some paperwork in um, to my lawyer. Oh, good. And- I like that. Is it Alan? No, I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> okay. about that, Alan. Well, you, you came up with some things. We haven't actually met yet. We're just coming with some paperwork. Okay. So um, uh, two questions. I have a... Uh, um, a daughter who's 45 that is on SSID. Um, when we split among all of our children, I don't want her to be taken off of that with too much assets. Okay. What is the name of the trust I need to do, get for her? And then can I also um, change what I'm going to do this in a couple weeks with this lawyer of, uh, Add to that when I get her trust set up. You know what I've written. Can we put like a clause in there or whatever? That you can add assets later to it. Do you mean? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Or changes like that. Well, maybe we'll go through them one at a time. So I'd say uh, the is, is it SSD or SSDI uh, or SSI? So there isn't an SSID. So I, so take a look at that. If okay. if it's okay. SSDI or SSI, and there's a there's a, a big difference. Um, okay. I think regardless, what you want to do is is we don't know what the mm. government's going to do with those rules. They might change the rules as the years go by. So the 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 type of trust that you would need, Lori, I think um, what we would call it is a supplemental needs trust, an SMT, okay. Okay. because and it's it's what we call a third party supplemental needs trust because okay. you're putting your money in; it's not her money. Uh, in some in some offices, they will call it a special needs trust. That's probably okay. a more common. Uh, name for yeah. it. Um, technically, when we think of a special needs trust, I think there's certain certain agencies that will treat that uh, as her money that went into a trust. So there's some rules for it. But I think um, 
we would call it a third-party SNT either way. So a third-party okay. supplemental needs trust or a third-party special needs trust, Lori, is what you need. So, okay. so make sure they're talking about that. And I would certainly hope if you're going to someone who specializes in this, they will. Yes. Um, yes. And, and, say, and can, can you add it be to it? changed? Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I just call them up and say, I want to add this to it? I'm sure there'll be a fee of some sort. but Well, there, there can know. be. And I, I think what you do is uh, if it's your money that you're putting into it, uh, you have to kind of take a look at it and talk to your attorney about whether it's, you want to fund it, whether you want to put money into it now uh, while she is on either SSD, SSDI, SSI. You know, whatever okay. the, uh, whichever the, and again, those programs yeah. have different categories, and they are for people right. who have a disability of some kind. Sometimes there's right. a difference as to whether they had a disability their entire life, they were, they, they were right. born with it, or it was something that just later in life, you know, if someone has worked for, maybe your daughter worked for 10 years or, or, or 15 years, and then um, a disability developed, and, and uh -huh. she was no longer right. able to work. That's probably more of an SSD or an SSDI. But, but there's differences. And I think, you, I think for our purposes, you treat them similarly because we just don't know what the rules will be when you pass away. I think the, the discussion would be, would you create this trust and then put money into it during your lifetime? There really isn't a benefit to it because it yeah. creates more yeah. rules. It might create yep. even a tax return, even if there's no extra tax. But right. I, I really, yeah, no. I, I would judge as whether you do that. I think of yeah. these more as, you know, you set it up as a receptacle to receive the inheritance you're going to give to her. Right. And, you know, and you can, and then you can change it as the years go by. If, okay. if you create it and put money into it, oftentimes then you can't change the terms or you certainly can't change them very easily. It's, it's possible okay. to change, but, but I think you'd want to really talk to that and let your attorney know, but it's a good question. Um, we okay. might even dive into that on future shows in a little bit more depth. So, okay. Now when I was listening, I know getting towards the end here, you've got, you mentioned something about a 401k. Yep. Um, I have been a stay-at-home mom raising seven children. He oh, has wow. the 401k. And so um, it, I don't think it's in my name. No, it's not. And when he passes now, right? he's not planning on it, but <laughs> when he passes, do I have to pay like an inheritance on that amount? How, do, how does that get distributed? Can I fix that in this? Um, it's a great question to wrap it up. Uh, but I would say that I would be less worried about, Lori. When he passes away, it can come to you, and you say, hey, not a problem. You don't have to pay extra tax. You still have to you know, take money out as the years go by and right. once you hit age 73 and all those kinds of things. The bigger concern, Lori, is if he needs long-term care. That needs more advanced planning, and you really have to plan for that. And some, some attorneys, some estate planning attorneys don't plan for it, but I would say I would consider that of the utmost importance because that really will yes. change your life if he needed long-term care. That long -term was my care. next Talk about some long-term care. Yeah. Thank you, Lori. Thanks. Great okay, questions, thanks. by the way. Yep. Thanks. Have a great day.